This podcast may contain adult content. Please use discretion when listening. Welcome to Heinous Hotels, a podcast about famous and infamous hotels. Find out historic and hysterical facts about your favorite travel destinations and even places you haven't heard of yet. Is your mom's favorite resort haunted? Was there an unsolved crime committed at your bucket list bed and breakfast? Did your favorite celebrity stay in the room that you're in right now? You'll have to listen to find out. Pack your bags and don't forget your passport. It's time to check in to Heinous Hotels. Thank you for checking in with Heinous Hotels. I'm your host, Jordan. This is my second episode. It was recorded not very long after my first episode. I believe um, I started recording the very next day because I was trying to hurry and get part two out. And um, I was still very new to what I was doing. Actually, I still am new to what I'm doing, uh, considering... But, um, I have tried to fix some of the problems that were in this episode, um, and I hope that you will forgive me for being a newbie on, um, newbie to podcasting. If you have made it past the first episode, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you listening I hope that you will stick around for three, four, five, six, and so on. Um, please don't judge me based on this based on this episode. I promise things only get better and better as I learn and grow. Thank you so much. listening to Heinous Hotels. I'm your host, Jordan. This is episode two about the Cecil Hotel, which is now known as Stay on Main, which is located in downtown Los Angeles. You will probably want to go back and listen to episode one, which is about the history of the hotel and other infamous happenings. If you want to learn more about the hotel, I decided to make a separate episode about Elisa Lam because if I had included it in the other episode, it would have been about three and a half years long. If you're hoping that I'm going to tell you about a demonic possession or a ghost, you're going to have to go ahead and listen to a different podcast. While those are two theories in this case, I don't think anything otherworldly happened to Elisa Lam. I don't think that there's a cover-up involved with the LAPD either or any other conspiracy. I think that Elisa Lamb died a tragic death that has been exploited for other people's entertainment. So I'm going to cover this case, but I wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way before I start. I don't want to make this a salacious gossip story because honestly, Elisa was a person, a young woman, and someone's loved one. I'm going to try to cover this with as much respect as possible toward her and those who loved her the most. I forgot to name my sources in the previous episode, and I lost where I wrote them down. Um, But for today's episode, my sources are an amazing article by Vice. Um, It is called uh, 
Elisa Lamb drowned in a water tank three years ago, but the obsession with her death lives on, and it is by Jennifer Swan, and that is, again, by Vice, and it's Jennifer Swan, um, and Swan is spelled S-W-A-N-N, Juno. No, ma'am. My cat is acting crazy. Um... I suggest reading that whole article, to be honest. There's a lot of good information. Stop it. Um, there's a lot of good information on there. Um, there's also an article from allthatsinteresting.com, and it has a lot of pictures and videos. Um, there's The information that's on the article is um, a lot of, like, more of the same of what you would find on any article. Um but it does have a lot of pictures and videos on there if you want to look at that. Um, I did a lot of fact-checking through Snopes that does have an article on Elisa Lamb. I also used her Tumblr blog and her Blogspot blog as a primary source. And, of course, I looked on Wikipedia. And I am also going to tell you a little bit about a Reddit article that somebody wrote um, at the very end of the episode. And... I already said this in the previous episode, but I always take Reddit with a grain of salt, but, um, this particular article, I just, I couldn't leave it out of this episode and you'll just have to wait and see. Um, but I will be back after this short break and we will get right into it. So, if you have been hiding under a rock and have never heard of Elisa Lamb before, here's a short summary of why her death at the Cecil Hotel was and is such a sensation. There are some podcasts that have covered it already, but I can't talk about infamous hotels and not talk about the Cecil or Elisa Lamb. So, here I am. Uh, Elisa Lamb's body was discovered in a water tank on the roof of the Cecil Hotel in 2003, it was not 2003, 2013, after she had been missing for nearly three weeks while she was missing and during the investigation of her death, police released a surveillance video of her acting strangely in an elevator in an effort to get tips from the public. Um, the video went viral, and the internet now has several theories about what led to her death. Her death was officially ruled as an accidental drowning. A lot of people disagree with this ruling and are still discussing her and the video today. So, let's get started. Uh, before we talk about Elisa's stay at the Cecil Hotel, we need to know why she went there. Uh, a lot of people don't talk about that, um, but Elisa was a person. She had a reason for just, for, for going to Los Angeles. She didn't just show up out of thin air. Uh, she was a young college student. She was 21 years old at the time of her death. She was from Canada of Cantonese descent. She wanted to travel to LA and meet new people, see new things, um, she was really interested in fashion. She was interested in all sorts of cultural things, um, museums and that kind of stuff. 
She was wanting to travel in different cities along the California coast and was looking forward to seeing museums, zoos, amusement parks, um, going to historical places, all that good stuff. She mentions in her blogs wanting to meet up with people, and she briefly mentioned her trip in a few short posts on her Tumblr. In the posts, she seems to be really happy on her trip and happy when she was planning it. Uh, It's unclear if she knew the history of the Cecil Hotel before she booked her stay. Uh, It was an inexpensive place to stay, and that may have been a big reason why she chose the hotel. Um, She was definitely um, on a budget. She used like an Amtrak to travel through San Diego um, and up to LA. She was trying to eat as cheaply as she could. She was, she was trying to save money. And, um, I think that that would have been a big selling point to her because, um, the Cecil hotel actually offered hostel style rooms where you could stay with roommates. And I think that, um, That's probably one of the main reasons why she chose to stay there. Since the name had already been changed when she, um, when she booked and it was not called the Cecil Hotel anymore, it was, the name has been changed to stay on Maine. There's a chance that she did not know the history of the hotel, but I think that she did know because she was very internet savvy. I doubt that she chose to stay there without at least giving it a quick Goog. Um, I think that she definitely more than likely Googled the name of the hotel and probably knew at least something, at least that it was a historical landmark. I think that she probably chose to stay there because it was inexpensive and maybe the historical aspect was just a bonus for her. I can only guess. There's no way to know. Um, So, like I said, the Cecil Hotel had already changed its name to stay on Maine when she made the choice to stay there. Um, So, her, she actually, she has two blogs that are still up, and she has a couple of other websites that she was on that, um, what the crumbs... One of my husband's watches is going off in the background, but I don't know where it is. Okie doke. Well, if you guys heard a beeping just then, it was not a haunted radio or whatever device you're listening on. Um, it was my husband's, uh, watch. Uh, anyways. Um, okay. She has two blogs that are still up. She has a couple of other websites that she was on that are still up that you can go to if you want. Um, Some people think that it's invasive to still be going on her blog, but um, I think it's actually kind of sweet because it's a little bit of a way for her to still be... she's She's still out there in the world. It's not like she's completely gone even though she is not physically with us anymore, she's, she still has some of herself out there. I think there's something to be said about that. Um, but also I think that a lot of people are really inspired by some of the things that she wrote. 
Um, just looking through her blog right now, there are a lot of comments from people um, who have read her blog since she passed away and left her messages, a lot like how people leave messages behind on um, like an online obituary website. I I don't I think that a lot of strangers have come to resonate with what happened to Elisa Lamb and I think that um I think that it that her story really hits people at a personal level. But anyway, if you want to look at her journal, her online blog, you can go on blogspot.com and the name of her journal is Ether Fields. Um, it's mentioned in some of the articles about her that during the investigation into her death, when uh, police were not sure if she had completed suicide, they looked at her blog to, you know, see what was her state of mind. Did she talk about her mental illness? Did she talk about depression or anything like that? And yes, she does um, bring up mental illness quite often in her writing. But as someone who had been blogging all of their life, I just have to say, I don't really truly believe that you can learn that much from someone's blog. It seems like Elisa really went into detail about her feelings and she used her blog as a place to vent, but I it, I I think that if you are reading a someone's blog, especially a young woman's blog who may be suffering from mental illness and might be using her blog as a place to vent, that may not be a super reliable place to get, um, feelings about that that person's state of mind because if you're venting a lot of times um, you're just trying to purge something from your spirit and soul and just get just get it out of you so that you don't have to feel it anymore that's one of the many therapeutic um, ways that journaling can help people. And I think that that was what, I don't know, but I think that that was what Elisa was probably doing here. Some of these posts that she makes really sound sadly, uh, familiar to some of the things that I had felt when I was a 21 year old. Um, I mean, who didn't feel depressed when they were 21, please. Um, so anyhow, if you want to look at that, it's there. Her, um, Tumblr blog is also still up and her Tumblr is called Nouvelle Nouveau, which that is just such a cute name for a blog. I mean, what an adorable username. I love that. Um, but most of her Tumblr is just pictures that she had reblogged or reposted from others, um, or things that she posted herself. There is very little um, personal posts from her on the blog. Uh, a lot of her things are other people's posts that she reposted 
onto her blog, which definitely um, with a Tumblr, the things that you repost typically are things that resonate with you or that you like on some level. So there, you can sort of gather a little bit of information about her personality and about what she was thinking and feeling at the time through these posts. But um, I just, uh, I, you again, it's a, it's social media. It's a blog. It's a diary. It's sort of an online scrapbook. Tumblr is, and um, there, her her personal posts that are um, a little bit of a journal in nature are very brief, very short, and don't offer a whole lot of insight. There, of course, you can draw conclusions, but again, it's you. It's it's really hard to know what somebody is thinking and feeling when they just post a few lines on social media. So, um, right now I would like to take this time to tell everyone if you, uh, know someone who suffers from a mental illness, who, um, you think might be suffering or might be going through a hard time, if their posts online look a little bit weird to you, if they're mentioning odd behavior that they don't normally have, now would be a good time to reach out to that person because you just never know. The worst thing that the person could say is, I'm fine, just leave me alone right now, or or I'm fine, what made you think that I wasn't fine? You know, and then all you have to say is, okay, if you ever need anything, I'm here. I want to be here for you, so just let me know. But um, definitely, we need to reach out to our friends and our family members and our loved ones. If we see erotic behavior from them online, if we see depressing posts from them online, let's please reach out, okay? Can we please do that? Thank you. All right, so um, she she blogged a pretty good bit about her trip. She mentions how she wants to meet up with new people. She seems really excited about going. Um, when she first booked her trip, she sounded really excited about that, happy about life. Um, she had a little going away party before she left, and it seemed like her friends really turned out to come and see her and say goodbye uh temporary i'm sure they all, they all thought they were going to see her again real soon um but uh she seems really happy about getting to go um a little stressed because it seems like her school was stressing her out a lot and life in general was stressing her out and she was worried about money but getting to travel really seemed to cheer her up so I'm going to do a very short... Excuse you? No, ma'am. Juno, what's going on with you? She just... She clearly has opinions. She clearly has feelings about this case. Okay. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to do a very quick summary of the timeline of the days before her death. 
um, in order to help you guys understand some of the mix-ups. In this case, it's kind of confusing how the timeline is um, whenever you read about it. Especially on Wikipedia, it's really mixed up. But um, I'm going to just briefly go through the timeline and then we'll take a short break and then I'll break it down into more detail. Okay, so the summary is on the on January the 23rd of 20, uh, 2013, that is the day of her flight. And she makes a Tumblr post that says she missed her flight. She got lost in her airport. And she... Do you know? You gotta stop. She missed her flight because she got lost in the airport. And now she has to sleep in the airport until she can make her a new connection. Which this seems like absent-minded behavior considering how sharp she is or how sharp she seems online. I've got to let this cat go outside you mm -mm, behave okay so um this seems like really absent-minded behavior just on a whole different level from what I would think somebody who had looking been looking forward to uh this trip um it's it's honestly I've been it's not hard to get lost in an airport, but it's also very easy to find your way after you get lost in an airport. And there's, it's pretty easy to ask for help in an airport. Um, I'm just wondering what was going on. Um, because that it's, it's hard to miss a connection. It's very easy to accidentally miss a flight that, like your first flight, but it's kind of hard to miss a connection. I'm just saying. Um, so on the 23rd or 24th, she did arrive in San Diego. She, um, she arrived, she stayed at a hostel. On the 25th, she posts on Tumblr about staying in the hostel. She seems happy. Um, on the 26th, she arrived in L.A. She took an Amtrak. She arrived in L.A., checked into the Cecil. On the 27th, she visited a bar and she lost her phone. On the 28th, she had to change rooms at the Cecil due to the complaints from her roommates. Um, on the 29th, she made her last Tumblr post. It was a happy post. On the 31st, she was supposed to be moving out to go to Santa Cruz. She did not pack up her stuff. She did not contact her family that day. She stayed in the hotel. It is unclear if she told the front desk whether she would be extending her stay or not. In the wee hours of the February the 1st or the night of the 31st, she was on video, on surveillance in the elevator. This is the video that has gone viral. This was shortly before she's thought to have died. Her body was not discovered until the 19th. Um, and she was discovered with the same clothes that she has on in the video. When I return after this break, I will fill in the details of the timeline. Come back now, y'all.
back. Thank you for joining me. We are going to go a little deeper into the timeline of what happened to Elisa. Um, It seems like her visit in San Diego was fun, but relatively uneventful. Nothing too crazy, it seems like, just from... Just from what I've been able to gather, it seems like she just had a good fun time and got to L.A. with very little incident. Um, She arrived in L.A. on the 26th of January. She initially was booked in a shared room with two other female roommates. This is something that at the time the Cecil Hotel and other hotels were offering I think that probably um this is like a cheaper hostel type arrangement for people who want to travel and um don't mind sharing a room I don't think that she already knew these roommates before her stay um But her roommates complained that she had some strange behavior. Um, There are no details of that online, but it was mentioned in the court case where um, Elisa's family tried to sue the Cecil for um, wrongful death, which I'll briefly touch on, but um, it was brought up in the court case. In order to um, defend the Cecil against this wrongful death. Um, But her roommate said that she had strange behavior. um, But there are no details about what the strange behavior specifically was. Um, She was moved into her room by herself two days later, which was the 28th of January. Uh, One thing that is on her blog, but a lot of people miss, is that she actually lost her phone. She made a post on her Tumblr account about it. Um, She said she lost it while she was out at night. She was visiting a club, bar type place called the Speakeasy. She was out at night on the 27th, and she misplaced her phone, or it was stolen from her purse, or she set it down, lost it, something. But in a blog post many weeks earlier, she had also lost her phone then. I don't know if she got a new phone or if she lost her phone and then found it again or what. But I'm thinking maybe she was just forgetful. And that it just doesn't have anything to do with conspiracy or foul play. Either that or just some random person stole her phone. It's just, it's common for people to get, especially tourists, to get their phones and their wallets and stuff stolen. It's really easy to get pickpocketed in clubs. It just is a thing. Uh, But one of the reasons that some people think there is a cover-up from the LAPD or that LAPD hasn't done their due diligence in her case is because her phone was not with her belongings and it was never found. But her Tumblr blog kept updating even after she had passed away. Um, Tumblr has a queue feature and a schedule post feature where you can make a post and then it will show up months later if you want it to. You can schedule posts forever in advance. Um, And I think that uh, Elisa had 
maybe use that feature or the queue feature. It seems that Elisa had several posts in her Tumblr queue, but eventually her blog did stop updating in February, not long after she passed. Her post about losing her phone was on the 27th. Her last post was on the 29th, and she was supposed to check out on the 31st. And on that day, she had contacted no one in her family. When prior, she had at least contacted her family once a day, um, I guess to let them know she was okay, maybe to chit-chat, maybe to just talk about all the cool new things she was experiencing. But in... Apparently, instead of packing up and checking out of the hotel, like you normally would if you were expecting to travel, um, she did not do that. The hotel staff did say that they witnessed her alone in the hotel, um, and she also was seen visiting a bookstore that day. Um, Apparently, she was remembered by someone who worked at the bookstore and they remembered talking to her for a little while about a book that she was thinking of purchasing. So her plan was to check out of the hotel and then travel on to Santa Cruz. Um, But we don't know if She had told anyone at the front desk that she was going to extend her stay. Um, Apparently, she didn't tell her family or anyone that she was extending her stay in L.A. So, that's something a little strange. Um, Her family got worried about her because they did not hear from her on the 31st. So, they did get in touch with LAPD and they flew in to Los Angeles to help look for her because at that point no one had heard from her and that was when the investigation began. Um, In the very wee hours of the 1st of February was the very last sighting of her alive Um, and that was on the surveillance video which the investigators released while they were still looking for her. At that point they did not know she was dead For all they knew, she was still alive somewhere and just, who knows, something could have happened and they were hoping that she was alive. They were looking for an alive person when they released that video. Investigators believed that, believe now that she died on the 1st of February, not long after the video was made. The clothing that that was found with her in the water tank was the same as it is on the video. Somehow she made it out of the elevator and got up to the very tippy top roof of the Cecil Hotel, which is 19 stories high and um, 19 floors, excuse me. Uh, and she. Um, Hang on. Are floors the same as stories? I am not about to Google that. If you know, then keep it to yourself because I'm going to Google it when I'm done with this. <laughs> um, okay. Um, but anyhow, she um, 
she somehow got all the way up to the very top of the hotel where there are some water tanks and somehow she got into a water tank. Some people believe she was put in the tank. Some people think that she got in there on her own. We don't know. No, there. there's not supposed to be a way for just anybody to get up there. You're supposed to only be um, someone that's supposed to be up there. Um, it's not supposed to be accessible to guests. But to this day, nobody knows how she got up there. Nobody knows what happened to her phone. Nobody knows what those strange behaviors were that their roommates didn't like, except for the roommates, and they have not come forward as far as I know. We don't know how she got to the roof, we don't know how she got in the tank, and we don't know why she got in the tank. Um, my theory about um, what her strange behaviors might have been... I think that she may have been in the middle of a psychotic break of some kind and maybe she was just doing things that the other roommates found annoying. Um, maybe she talked too much. It could have been anything. It could have been that she was talking to herself. It could have been that she was doing some of those strange hand motions that we saw in the video. It could have been that she squeezed her toothpaste in the middle instead of from the end. You know, we don't know what the roommates um, found so offensive about her behavior. We don't know. Um, but I think that it was probably something along the lines of manic behavior. Maybe she was up all night and they couldn't sleep. Um, it seemed like when she was online on her blogs that she was blogging a lot during the night and she was having trouble sleeping. So it's very possible that her roommates were not able to sleep because she was up at night. Um, some of my friends who have gone through mania episodes have told me that they find it very hard to sleep and that um, some of their behaviors can be, some people can find it annoying. Um, I guess if you had to share a hotel room and um, you couldn't sleep, that you would probably want the person that was keeping you awake to have their own room. So maybe they didn't know what was going on with Elisa because I'm pretty sure they were all strangers just based off of what these articles are saying. I don't think that she knew these these girls in her room. So um, I have no idea what happened to her phone. I think that it was either lost, she dropped it, lost it, probably in her in the club that she was at, or she was pickpocketed. It just happens all day, every day in L.A. Um, it's, it would not, if, if, even if she had dropped it, it's possible that somebody just picked it up. Um, I don't think that 
anybody whoever if it was a foul play situation I don't think that whoever might have hurt her took her phone because it was lost she mentioned it was lost days before she um before her passing um how'd she get up to the roof that is a big question Apparently, there are a couple of different ways that she could have gotten up there, but a lot of them involve, um, some, there, the stars would have had to have been aligned in order for her to get up there all on her own, but it's possible. Um, there are some people that claim to have worked at the Cecil at the time and said that the door that's supposed to alarm if you open it in order to get to the roof stayed open all the time because people would go up on the roof to smoke. And people would put like a brick or a heavy object to keep the door open so that the alarm wouldn't go off if you uh, open the door. And... Some of the workers say that they think that she probably got through the propped open door on her own that way. Um, That is my current theory as to how she got up to the roof because uh, working all different places, I can easily imagine people just propping open a door that's meant to have an alarm on it and meant to stay closed just so they can go out and smoke because... I mean, it just seems like not a big deal if you don't realize the danger. So, um, after the accident, though, it was kept shut and it did have the alarm. You had to use a special key in order to open it and you had to be um, a trusted person, trusted personnel in order to have that key. According to some of these articles that I mentioned uh, at the top of the episode with my sources, you can check all that out on Snopes um, and the Vice article mentions it as well. Um, As far as how she got in the tank, it depends on whether you think that she died of an accidental drowning or if she died by suicide or if someone intentionally hurt her and put her in the tank. Um, the tanks are about eight feet tall. So you would have to be very strong and probably need a stepladder or something like that if you were going to put someone in a tank like that. Um, I would think uh, it's very confusing about how these tanks are built and how you would try to get into one because it looks like you would have to climb up one and then lift the lid to get inside it. So, um, all the pictures that I've looked at and all the descriptions of the tanks I've read, I just don't understand how someone would lift a person up and put them in there without being seen and without it causing a huge commotion. I just don't, I don't see it. I think that she probably got in there on her own without 
the help of another person. I think that she probably climbed in and um, she got in there on her own. That's just what I think, but it really depends on what, how, whether you believe that she was murdered or whether you think she got in there on her own. Um, about why she got in the tank, it also, again, that depends on what you believe about the theories. Um, she either got in there on her own because some people think that she, uh, she was afraid. Maybe she was running from something or somebody. Maybe she was having some sort of an episode and she got in there. Maybe she was hiding. There are a lot of theories that people have. But, um, we don't, we don't know. We never will know. Another thing that a lot of people don't understand is why was she naked? Because she was naked when she was discovered. Her clothes were in the tank with her, but they were not on her body. Um, and that is a big question that a lot of people just do not understand and we can't possibly know the answer but I think that I do know why um and after this short break I will tell you all about it getting so sick of me that you ran over your phone with your car. Um, so let's talk about theories. What happened to Elisa? What happened to Elisa Lamb? Um, before the break, I was discussing why was she naked in the tank? Um, and my theory is you probably can already tell that I am in the psychotic break camp on these, um, theories. I really believe that she did suffer from a psychotic break due to her mental illness and that she had a very tragic episode and she went up to the roof and got into the tank on her own. And when she was inside the tank, she took off her own clothing and drowned. And the reason why I think she took off her clothing is probably the same reason why people take their clothing off when they are suffering from hypothermia. A lot of times when... When your brain is shutting down, or at least this is how it has been explained to me, when your brain is shutting down during uh, hypothermia, uh, things get a little wackadoo and um, your brain starts sending signals to your body that you're actually too hot and you need to strip your clothing off. And that is why sometimes we find people 
who have died from exposure and hypothermia with all of their clothes on off um, during freezing weather when you would think, why would that person take off their clothes? That makes no sense. Well, it does make sense if you understand a little bit about how the brain works. Um, I still don't understand very much about how the human brain works, and that is just how it has been explained to me over the years. But um, I think that something similar happens sometimes during people having a psychotic episode or a manic episode. Um, There have been many times when I unfortunately um, have heard about people having an episode of of a manic, um, maybe a bipolar, like a mania attack episode type situation where they take off all of their clothes and start doing things completely nude. Um, I'm not going to name names and I never would, but there, someone once told me about a, um, a bipolar episode of someone they had witnessed where the person had taken off all of their clothing and was moving furniture um, and was even moving some furniture outside. And the person had to be taken care of and moved back inside their home because they, they were nude outside and it was cold. They didn't have on any shoes and they were just moving furniture. And I just can't, Imagine how sad and heartbreaking that must be for a family member who has to help their loved one through something like that or um or even from someone who ha who is suffering and after they um recover from their episode and they realize what happened, like my heart really goes out to anybody who's ever had a psychotic break who's ever had an episode like that. I have nothing but empathy and compassion for people who have gone through something like that. So, um, I think it would help everyone if we could all have some empathy and compassion also and, uh, stop treating people who can't help what they're doing as, um, societal outcasts. If we could just help each other, then maybe accidents like this wouldn't happen. But anyhow, um... I think that's probably what happened to Elisa. Another um, thing that might have been the case is that she could have taken her clothing off in order to be able to swim better in the water. Um, If she thought that her clothing was weighing her down, she could have gotten inside the water and stripped off her clothes. Her room key and a think her wallet oh my gosh I guess I didn't include that in my notes um a couple of things that had been in her pockets were recovered from the tank also um and I'm thinking that she probably probably took off her clothes when she was in the water i I doubt that she took off her clothes, tossed them in the tank, and then got in after them. I think that she was probably already in the water when she took off the clothing. It 
it says that her body was completely nude, but there, I mean, she may have kept a little bit of her clothes on and just had maybe her shirt and pants off. It's, the articles are not specific, but, um, it, it says that she's naked and to me, naked means completely nude, but, um, I could be wrong. It's possible. So, um, another theory is that she was murdered or that there was some sort of foul play involved. And the reason I think so many people have this theory is because I think a lot of people find it bizarre that this young girl, young woman, excuse me, would get into a water tank like that all on her own and and um just get get um get in the water tank and then also her her strange behavior inside the elevator i think a lot of people find it strange um especially because at some point she's like peeking around a corner and darting back inside the elevator and i think that a lot of people think that she looks like she's trying to run from something or get away from somebody so that information on top of the missing phone and some of the things from the autopsy report that I don't want to mention, but you can find it on the Wikipedia. Um, some of that stuff from the autopsy report um, seems suspicious and a lot of people think that it might have been caused by foul play. I personally don't think that, but some people do. So, um, and I can, I can understand why it seems, it seems pretty likely when you look at the video, uh, cause she does seem like maybe she's scared or, um, or a little worried, especially with her. She, she's got some pretty strange looking behavior in the video and that's enough to freak anybody out and think what is this girl doing she must be terrified you would never act like that under normal circumstances and so the next theory that i constantly am seeing is that she had been playing a game called the elevator game and i i'm over it if you are on the internet for longer than five minutes looking this up and you look at uh, anything about the person that Elisa really was, I really doubt that she would play this game in the first place and I also really, really, really doubt that that was what was happening. But, um... If you want to find out about the ele elevator game, you can Google it. But just um, in short, it's a game that um, is sort of, I don't want to call it a meme. It's sort of an internet chain mail, you should do this sort of game. But apparently... You push certain buttons in an elevator in a certain sequence, and you um, you end up on certain floors, and once you get to 
one particular floor after following the sequence, you will either end up in hell or meet a demon, depending on what your um, what your Google search turns up, basically. And um, a lot of people, for whatever reason, really believe that that was what Elisa was doing. And also that that is what happened to Elisa. I do not think that this poor girl entered hell. And I definitely don't think that she encountered a demon at any point in time during her stay at the Cecil. Um, So let's move past that one, please. Another theory is that she was possessed Um, no. I'm not even going to honor that with a discussion. No. Um, another theory is that she was lured by a ghost. Probably, um, the ghost of someone who used to live and who probably died at the hotel. Again, not going to honor that with a discussion. I don't think that that's what happened And I think that it's kind of gross to talk about it. This was a real girl and a real person. This is not a movie. (sighs) Um, Lastly, some people believe that Elisa went to the roof with the goal of completing suicide. Again, I don't believe that. I really don't. I think that she probably was suffering very tragically from a psychotic break. But I don't think that she purposely completed suicide. As far as we know, there has not been any evidence released to suggest that she did that on purpose. I think that she probably thought that she was running from something or escaping from something or she was in a totally different world and did not understand what she was doing. I do not believe, I do not believe that she intentionally went into the water tank in order to die. I really don't. I really, really don't. Even though it seemed like she had a lot of struggles with her mental illness it seemed to me it seems this way to me and I can't ever know the truth we will never know um it seems to me that she was getting better she was taking her meds she wanted to get better she wanted to do better her trip was going to be a fun thing for her And she was enjoying her trip, it seemed. It seemed. And um, just from all the articles, the few statements made by her family, it seemed that she was... That she was enjoying her trip and that she had no reason to hurt herself. Um, With all of the depressing posts that she made online... I think it's easy to believe that she did go there with the goal of completing suicide. 
And that is definitely a possibility, especially when someone does openly struggle with mental illness. Um, I think that it is absolutely a possibility that she did that, but I don't think that that's what she did. I personally believe that she was just suffering from a psychotic break, maybe from the combination of the meds that she was on. Um, That brings me to the Reddit post that I wanted to mention. If you um, Google Elisa Lamb a little bit, you will eventually come across this Reddit post. Um, It is in a community, a subreddit called Unresolved Mysteries. Um, And basically, Unresolved Mysteries is a subreddit um, where people on there go and post about uh, mysteries that don't have a resolution. It's pretty self-explanatory. Maybe unsolved cases or mysteries like missing treasure, missing persons, that kind of stuff. And every once in a while, people will make a post that says resolved and it will say this is a resolved case. Um, Either because new evidence comes out that solves it, maybe investigators release new information and that solves it. Or the person that makes the post is making the case that um, that it's actually not a mystery and the real answer is very simple. And that is what this person that posted this uh, is positing here. Um, their username is Hammy underscore Sammy. And they made this post about three years ago. Um, it does have Reddit gold. Um, if you don't know what that means, don't worry because it doesn't really mean anything. Um, and the title of the post is resolved colon Elisa Lamb parentheses long link heavy close parentheses. So this whole entire post is a lot about how the combinations of her medication uh, might have resulted in um, a negative effect. A lot of people who maybe have never suffered from bipolar disorder or who don't know very much about bipolar disorder can see the amount of prescriptions she was taking and be like, whoa, okay, this girl was on too many uh, meds. But that's actually, the amount of medicines that she was taking is pretty common for people that, um, that are living with bipolar disorder. It's definitely not uncommon to take more than one different um, type of mood stabilizer and a depressant um, etc. Just because um, for a lot of people that are living with bipolar disorder, they need a um, mood stabilizer as well as an antidepressant. Uh, But certain combinations work better than others for some people. And it seems like um, she had also combined these medications with some... um, ADHD meds and some, um, like, um, 
what's it called? Um, uh, Sudafed type drug. So it could, this, um, this article has a lot of sources. There's a lot of citations here, which, um, is definitely unusual, not, not the ordinary Reddit post. So if you look at that, it does make a very strong case for her meds being, um, maybe a little off, maybe not working right for her. Maybe the combination led to some problems and it was what caused a psychotic break. Um, I'm not going to go all through it because it's very, um, it's very dry. (laughs) It relies a lot on the listener and the reader knowing more than I do about medicine and doctory things. So if you want to look at that, you can, but like I said, it makes a really good case for people to, um, check out if you want. Um, I think that it's, that it's really freaking likely that her meds were just, um, a factor for, and maybe, um, her, her meds got way wonkety a little bit and she had an episode and unfortunately, maybe since she was away from friends and family, that normally would have been able to help her during an episode since she was, you know, not near her loved ones that might have been able to help her. She, um, had this terrible accident, but that is, that is the case. Um, that is all I have for you today. Um, on Elisa Lamb and that concludes the, uh, episodes about the hotel Cecil. Um, Right now, I am waiting for the books that I ordered on the Chelsea Hotel to come in the mail. Um, I am going to do a lot of research, and I'm going to do a lot of episodes on the Chelsea. Because it is such a, it has just such a, a long history, and such a detailed history that it would just be ridiculous if I made it into just one episode. There's just no way. It would be four years long. So um, I'm going to do um, a lot of research on that and then um, make some episodes for y'all. Uh, if it's going to take too long, then I may do an episode here and there on the Chelsea and split it up between episodes about other stuff. Um, so that y'all won't get bored of me talking about the same hotel every time. Um, I'm also, when I'm done with the Chelsea, I'm going to do maybe just one, maybe a couple of episodes about the Chateau Marmont. That's also in LA. Um, And in between that, I'm going to do some historical hotels and inns from my hometown of Alabama. Um, 
my home state, I mean, and there, there's a lot of historical uh, hotels there that I could choose from. I may make those into little mini-sodes, um, but yes, that is the end of our Elisa Lamb episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed that. I know that all of that stuff you could for sure find from a ton of other podcasts that have covered this. But if you listened, I really appreciate it. You could totally skip this and get pretty much the same information anywhere else. I do appreciate if you made it this far in the episode. Um, I still don't have any uh, social media for this uh, podcast. But if you do want to follow me, you can at Jordan Once wrote on Twitter and on Instagram. You can send me a DM with a uh, hotel, inn, motel, no-tell, motel, whatever that you would like for me to cover. Um, I do already have a list of things that I want to do, but I would be more than happy to also cover places that you suggest. Um, I'm trying to think. Is that it? Um, ma, 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 ma. Oh, yeah. Um, if you like this podcast, then pretty please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts at. If you don't like it, TBH, I, wanna, I just don't care. Um, I'm sorry. I don't. I You, you can't make me. And, um, I don't, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, if you do like it, I would love to hear all about how much you like it. Just being honest. If you don't, feel free to keep that crap to yourself. (laughs) Anyhow, um, that is all. That is it. And I am done. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Heinous Hotels. This podcast is brought to you by me, Jordan Rollins Duncan, and Anchor.fm. For more Heinous Hotels, you can follow me on Twitter. If you have a listener story or suggestion, you can send me a DM, or you can email me at HeinousHotels at gmail.com. Now don't forget to check under the bed and have a safe trip home. Check in again soon with Heinous Hotels. Thank you.